0: All right, we are live. Welcome everyone to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. I hope everybody's having a beautiful day today. Today, I'm going to share 12 levels of forbidden knowledge. Now, this is a really interesting one today as we are continuing in the Apocalypse of Adam, which is a text that was found at the Nag Hammadi dig uh, somewhere in the 40s, I believe. Um, Sources seem to vary a little on that, depending on where you look. But the main place I've found is, I think it was uh, around 1940, um, that these texts were found in jars of clay. And um, a lot of the pieces have been put together from them. And so there's parts of these texts missing, unfortunately, um, but as I read this, I'll just say blank, and that that means that there's a piece of it missing, so we don't know what it actually said in that point. Uh, welcome, Todd, Sammy, Darnell, thanks for being here. Um, WB, welcome. Tom, thanks for being here. Glenny, thanks. Romo, I uh, hope you guys are having a beautiful day. Anyway, uh, if you're into forbidden knowledge, guys, this is definitely, definitely, definitely the episode for you. Because we're literally going to be looking at like the 12 levels of forbidden knowledge here, according to the 12 tribes or the 12 um, uh, kingdoms as they're laid out in here uh, in the apocalypse of Adam. So the very beginning of the apocalypse of Adam is Adam is telling his son Seth like, hey, uh, this is actually where we came from. Your mother knew this. Your mother Eve knew this. We understand uh, that we are not of this world. And yet the gods that created us have us uh, trapped here, essentially. And so that's, uh, you can go back and watch the first few episodes of this, and I go through all of that. You can find these texts online. Again, it's called The Apocalypse of Adam. Um, And several people have said, hey, is it the same as this one or the same as this one? I don't know. This one is literally called The Apocalypse of Adam. I don't know that there's any other variations of it. There are so many of these, by the way, there's so many little different fragments and little pieces, um, and some of them have similar names, so what I'm reading is the Apocalypse of Adam, not the Book of Adam, which might be the same, I couldn't even find the Book of Adam when I was looking it up, so, uh, but again, Apocalypse of Adam, so I've had a lot of questions on that, and I wish I could give you a better answer than that, but that's all I could find uh, at this point, so. Um, then the God of powers will be disturbed saying, what is the power of this man who is higher than we, then he will arouse a great wrath against that man. And the glory will withdraw and dwell in the holy houses, which it had chosen for itself. And the powers will not see it with their eyes, nor will they see the illuminator either Then they will punish the flesh of man upon whom the Holy Spirit came. Now, again, that sounds a whole lot like Jesus to me. This is not a religious channel, by the way, so I'm not here to prove a point that this is Jesus, but rather, you know, this obviously is a a Gnostic Christian text and um, kind of giving the forbearance of this light bearer, this illuminator, which again is why I say over and over and over that Lucifer that you hear about in the Bible is most certainly Jesus himself. Um, that is kind of uh, controversial if you're coming from a churchianity, religiosity point of view. Um, but if you just read the text like with an open heart, open mind, with no expectations, that's the narrative you get and you realize that... like. This God in the Old Testament is more similar to this Sakla here, Yaldabaoth, um, the Demiurge, even Enlil within the Sumerian mythologies. Like it's all all tied together. Uh, somebody said, "What does a Gnostic mean?" So, Gnostic is it comes from the word gnosis, and it's all about hidden knowledge and remembering who you really are—the illuminated knowledge of the self. So, it's it's in a way similar to yogic traditions but with more of a Christian uh, or pre-Christian focus, um, because this was all kind of around the time of Jesus himself. And ultimately, from what it looks like, if you study the history of everything, it looks like that the Roman church kind of did a really good job extinguishing these ideas. Um, But luckily, someone buried them in the desert. We don't know exactly who. Uh, They were found um, at a place called Nag Hammadi in the desert, Um, and ultimately they have what I think are some secrets of our past, our creation, um, our true knowledge, to remember who we are. Um, And so that's where the word Gnostic comes from, is the word Gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S. And you can read a ton of these. There's a website called Gnosis.org. I read a bunch of different variations of these around the interwebs, but today I'm reading from Gnosis.org um GnosIS.org. I'm not affiliated with them, by the way, but I do really like the resource because they have the whole library there. Uh, you can also buy the in-print in versions if you want to read these in print. <coughs> so, excuse me, allergies are flaring up today. We've got that 80-mile-an-hour wind here in West Texas again, so... I'm working on some coffee with some cloves, a little bit of sea salt in it and some uh, cacao. So really, really good to wake up in the morning and soothe the throat. You got to get that throat chakra lubricated in the morning, so especially when you live stream twice a day like I do. So um, we're talking about this great illuminator. It talks about the illuminator come has come around three times at this point. Um, It says, then the angels and all the generations of powers will use the name in error, asking, where did it, the error, come from? And where did the words of deception, which all the powers had failed to discover, come from? So what I'm gathering now from the story, you may get a different feel for this as you read it. And I highly recommend read it. If you're really interested in this stuff, why don't you read it for yourself? It's only like two pages long. But um, what I get from this is is the fact that basically the power of the God that made Adam and Eve was pulled from them and then placed into 12 houses or kingdoms or tribes, whatever you want to call them. Now, for the purpose of this, I'm not looking at any of this literally. In fact, I try to understand this as this whole story, everything even in the Bible happening within me. The Exodus coming out of Egypt, going into the promised land of the heart, At that point, ultimately, Moses, the prophet that brought, like, you know, he had to be unalived on the mountain. He couldn't enter into the promised land because he was kind of the prophet of the flesh, bringing uh, the people up into the promised land. Then when you sit on your heart chakra, that's where you can meet, ultimately, that Christ energy so that you can continue to ascend, that you can actually see heaven with your third eye. And actually sit at the right hand of God with your crown chakra. So I view these as, you know, chakric uh, type uh, stories, like moving through the human experience. Uh, did they happen literally? Sure, absolutely. But again, everything here is a shadow and type of a spiritual truth. So even if they happen literally and historically, that's great. I have no issue with that. But I'm not here to prove timelines or anything. I'm here to understand this deeply and esoterically for myself. And ultimately, um, that's what you guys are here for, too. So, Uh, Zach says, is that a magic carpet behind you? Yes, it is, actually. Uh, I loved that carpet when I saw it. It's one of my favorite things that I've ever purchased, especially like a decor type thing. But it's actually real. Um, it's really uh, hand-woven and really beautiful, and I love it, and that's why it's on the wall and not on the floor. So, uh, Forest Phoenix says, spiritual truths manifest as physical stories as above, so below. Absolutely. Jesus loved parables for a reason, Tyler says. Yes, exactly, exactly. Good stuff teaching, sir. Thank you very much, I Am Magic. I appreciate you, my friend. Uh, They are both referred to as Bright and Morning Star. Uh, Yes, absolutely. So, like, literally, if you go look at the archetypes and the explanations of Jesus, it's almost identical to the description of Lucifer. Jesus can easily be looked at, especially when you understand all of the lore and mythology around this time period, can easily be looked at as one of the archetypal fallen angels bringing knowledge to humanity and ultimately being punished by the God of this world. The popular Christian theology around that. Um, And I don't know why I always end up on this, guys. I guess because of my background, I have experience in this. I've been deeply steeped in church culture for many, many years, um, even professionally for many, many years. And so I really, really do understand the attempt always and forever within every doctrinal theology from Catholicism to Baptist to Methodist to um, the uh, more evangelical or non-denominational. It really doesn't matter The effort is always made to say that God had punishment for us, Jesus took it for us, and ultimately somehow that was his father. If you look at any of the mythologies with an open heart and open mind, you understand that that's not really the narrative. That's the narrative that has been built into the doctrine and dogma. But ultimately, I think there's a little conspiracy theory there, um, which I don't get into a whole lot, but I think it's to keep people in this karmic cycle, keep people stuck in a feedback loop with themselves to not realize that they are the God they seek. They are part of the Supreme Being, which is literally the message that Jesus brought. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Uh, He taught bhakti yoga, the love and devotion. He taught how to seek deeply. Um, I'm reading through um, a lot of the Hindu texts right now, and it's absolutely identical to what Jesus was teaching uh, literally, in the Bhagavad Gita, as it ends, it talks about the simple way is to love the Lord above all things, seek Him, and do everything unto Him. And I'm like, hmm, what does that come from, too? Like, and, and we have to understand that these things are all cycled and recycled, and I'm not saying there's any plagiarism here. I'm just saying you have to understand that this is all coming from ancient traditions, and then they got adopted, readopted, powers and controls powers as we see that this sakla god has his powers or his other elohim and in the old testament we see elohim now for me for my creative bent here i like to view them as extraterrestrial entities they came around on this planet uh every so often and on that planet too there's an illuminator that jumps off and and manifests into humanity into our density and there's also these anunnaki or whatever you want to call them uh enlil and enki it's the same archetypal story enki is the light bearer he wants to help humanity uh enlil wants to enslave them and be their god rather than um actually help them realize that they're a part of the true god which is 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 nameless and faceless and, and really in all things and ultimately, that's what I love about Eastern mysticism and the Hindu tradition is God is in all, like literally the plants and animals and everything you're interacting with God and you're interacting with yourself. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So um, 11 says, I say that Jesus was someone in tune with philosophy. And other philosophical travelers from uh, different parts of the world. Yeah, absolutely. And we have to remember the old Silk Road is right there, and you had the Bay Area where ships were coming back in, you know, the merchants, and he could have easily gotten around. He could have easily, even if he never left the area he was in, which we have like 18 years of his life where he's gone, there's no record of it. Um, and so for me, I like to think, and I think there's a lot of data to suggest he went to India and Nepal and studied under the great masters there and learn, and then brought all this back, seeing the religious construct going, no, 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 I'm the son of God. You don't understand. You don't get it. You're making this God, like these gods are, um, they're not for you, they're trying to control you, and by the way, you're serving into their system, and by the way, you can't buy salvation, and by the way, you shouldn't be sacrificing animals, and by the way, this, and by the way, that, and like he spoke against that the whole time, he was learning the mysteries, Rati says, absolutely, absolutely, and so that's what I love about all of this, is being able to connect the dots, and ultimately, you can connect the dots, too. This, the only thing that this takes is a complete abandon of what you think you know. Um, and every great story from the movie Men in Black, when he's like, you know, everything you thought you know means precisely. And ultimately, that's kind of where I came to with this. Starting in 2020, I had to abandon everything. Abandon my faith, my tradition, my belief systems, um, my... Thought that somehow the truth was in this one thing and have a very, very honest prayer session in my garage in tears, put my hand on the bike that I had just bought. I had a boat at the time, a lot of cool, you know, cars. I had like a really nice diesel pickup, like brand new. Um, I had a couple of acres of land, a beautiful home, like literally had everything that I want. And and I know I'm going to get it back, by the way, but I literally traded that in to do this because I could not go through this process. I could not go through this process tied down by all those physical things in my life. I could not go through this process tied down by the old business that I had built. Um, ultimately I lost all of that too. And here I am in a brand new season of my life doing this. I live stream twice a day. I make a ton of content for social medias. Um, we have one of the fastest growing podcasts out there. Ultimately, uh, we were in the top. I can't remember how many percent of spirituality podcasts. I think it was the top 10%, um, ending the year for 2022 and going into 23. So I'm not even sure where we're at now. But, um, guys, it's huge. I mean, on uh, YouTube, we've got almost 10,000 followers now. TikTok, we're at 200,000. Facebook, we're at 300 and some odd thousand. So our community is well over half a million here. And then Instagram is peppered in there with a couple of thousand. So with that said, we don't know what's happening with all these platforms. So please follow me on all of these, by the way. If you're not following me on YouTube, guys, Y'all that are on TikTok right now, we don't know if it'll be there tomorrow. So go drop me some love on YouTube. Please, please, please don't miss out over there. Posting the same great content um, everywhere. And then I'm also doing some unique videos on each platform just kind of for that community. So uh, there's a reason to follow me everywhere. So um, let's see. If you think about it, some things are sacrificed to make other things happen. We, uh, yeah, ultimately, you know, I'm big on vegetarian veganism. Um, I'm not actually a vegetarian or a vegan. One of these days, I might like to be. There is no way I can do it where I live. I live in cattle country, I live in West Texas, I live where the whole Oprah Winfrey thing happened here. Um, and so with that said, I enjoy me a good steak. Like I do eat, I do eat meat. Um, one of these days when I'm able to move to an area that is more to lush with being able to grow your own food, um, I can make the switch. Um, but ultimately I am also a believer in wherever you live eating the diet of what's available around there. And so ultimately that's where I am now. If I'm able in the future to move into a different vibrational area, uh, that has more ability to cater to that type of lifestyle then I'm definitely going to do it. I mean, places like Colorado, Virginia, um, Arkansas, you know, there's some places that, that I can grow food almost year round, um, even in a greenhouse and be able to eat, um, eat all of the bounty of that, um, on a regular basis. So, That's just kind of how I I see it, but ultimately, you know, living in cattle country, I see all the cute cows out here, and um, I definitely don't, I'm not like a a meat-heavy type person when when it comes to that. I eat more conservative in that light, you know, with like, I'll have a little 8-ounce steak versus the big 24-ounce steak. Um, And then I'll have a lot of vegetables or order an extra salad or something like that. Because that's really what my body wants and needs Um, for me personally. Everybody's different, by the way. So Oregon, yeah, absolutely. Uh, S.O. Teresa. In fact, my uncle and uh, my cousins live up in in Oregon. And I really want to go up there this this summer, see them, travel around that area. Uh, Might be a great place for me in the future. So Um, let's see uh is the mic still out can everybody hear me drop me a thumbs up or a heart if you can hear me uh tiktok has been acting weird this is a brand new ipad so i don't know why it would be doing that that's really weird but i apologize if it is um the mic cutting out or whatever so you guys let me know i mean i've got it plugged into power but there's no microphone plugged into it so Um, Anyway, what's up, Ricky? How are you doing? Jennifer uh, says, we just moved back from uh, Colorado. Beautiful, but expensive. Come to Arkansas. Yeah, I love Arkansas. The only thing I don't like about Arkansas is the cicadas. Not a fan of cicadas whatsoever. In fact, I have a kind of a stark fear of them, which I would have to get over. Um, They're just, whoa, I don't know. Uh, that's just my thing. Ever since I was a kid, I've never liked him. When I was a kid, my uncle held me down, not the one that lives in Oregon. My, my other uncle on my dad's side of the family held me down and put a cicada on my face. And so since then the trauma has been real and I don't blame him for that, but I do, uh, I do remind him of that. So, um, yeah, it, it was, it was pretty traumatic for me. So as we get in, let's look at these, uh, kind of 12 understandings here. And this is really interesting for this, like forbidden knowledge. So Read this with me, not really as tribes or kingdoms or anything, but more of an understanding of, you know, as you grow your understanding. Um, like what? What does the Illuminator look like to you? What does uh, the power of God look like to you? Um, I'm trying not to sneeze here. The third. Uh, so we have the first kingdom says of him, he came from blank, a spirit, blank to heaven. He was nourished in the heavens. He received glory of that one and the power. He came to the bosom of his mother, and thus he came to the water. So I believe this is talking about Jesus, um, again, or, or the Luciferian influence, or the light bearer, the illuminator, you know, different terms and different things. Um, and so to me, this is like the understandings as you gain understanding in um, who this entity is. And then it says the second kingdom says about him that he came from a great prophet. And a bird came and took the child who was born and brought him unto a high mountain. And he was nourished by the bird of heaven. The angel came forth there. He said to him, arise, God has given you glory. He received glory and strength. And thus he came to the water. So, um, when this says bird, by the way, a lot of times we have to understand that they didn't know how to write down UFO. Um, and so if it's a bird from heaven, It could be some sort of aircraft, uh, some sort of extraterrestrial entity or sky people or another planet or another realm or whatever, like whatever you want to view it as. Um, And so for me, I think that's really interesting. Again, if this is a literal mythology, then um, that's really interesting that a bird came and took him. The third kingdom says of him that he came from a virgin womb, okay? Okay. And he, cast, he was cast out of his city, he and his mother. He was brought to a desert place. He was nourished there. Uh, he came and received glory and strength, and thus he came to the water. Now, we all know that story, right? So this is the third understanding of this illuminator. The fourth kingdom says of him that he came uh, from a virgin blank. Solomon sought her. Uh, He and Phraselo and Seuel um, and his armies, which had been sent out. Solomon himself sent his army of demons to seek out the virgin. And they did not find the one whom they sought, but the virgin whom was given to them. It was she whom they fetched. Solomon took her, the virgin became pregnant, and gave birth to the child there. She nourished him on the border of the desert, and he had been nourished. When he had been nourished, he received glory and power from the seed from which he was begotten, and thus he came to the water. The fifth kingdom says of him that he came from the drop of heaven. He was thrown into the sea, the abyss received him, gave birth to him, and brought him to heaven. He received glory and power, and thus he came to the water. And the sixth kingdom says that blank down to the Aeon, which is below in order to gather flowers. She became pregnant from desire, from the desire of the flowers. She gave birth to him in that place. The angels of the flower garden nourished him. He received glory there and power, and thus he came to the water. So, you see all these different understandings and mythologies of where this light bearer, where this illuminator, where this Messiah came from, right? Um, and so, you know, as there's different understandings here, uh, I like to look at these kingdoms as like you know different understandings in my life or your life or different cultures, whatever. Um, understanding where this entity came from and what his purpose is, so. Um Forrest says, I believe that the Tower of Babel was a spacecraft that the angels were teaching mankind to create. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and also it had um a lot of things I've heard is it was like um kind of a ziggurat shape and that it had the different zodiac painted on it, like the ascension levels. Um so even on an esoteric level, it means a whole lot. Um and I don't see it as a bad thing because, again, we literally heard earlier in this text where Sakla, this God, this God that created or made the world, um, scattered the people. And that's literally tying into the Tower of Babel story. So, um, all right, the seventh kingdom says of him that he is a drop, that he came from heaven. Dragons brought him down to caves. He became a child, and spirit came upon him and brought him to the high place where the drop had come for come from. He received glory and power there, and thus he came to the water. By the way, all these drops from heaven, they sound exactly like spacecrafts. If you've ever seen something enter the atmosphere, it looks like a drop of water or an illuminated drop of water. These were called shining ones, um, and in fact, in the verse that talks about Lucifer in the Bible, if you read the uh, either the Baryan version or the uh, World English Bible, which is really looking more at the original text than anything else, in my opinion, um, then you see that it says, uh, Oh, how far from heaven you have fallen, O shining one, son of the morning. Um, and then you see the judgment of God pouring out upon him. It even talks about his side being pierced, that he will take the wrath of God. Um, it talks about how he didn't set his people free um, and that they are still enslaved. Um, and then basically he wasn't able to do what he came to do. But ultimately we know he did because he set hearts and minds free and it's an esoteric revelation, not a literal one. So that that's how I view it personally, but... Uh, You can certainly view it differently, but it it all makes beautiful sense when you look at it in this light. The Eighth Kingdom says of him that a cloud came upon the earth and enveloped a rock. He came from it. The angels who were above the cloud nourished him and received glory and power there, and thus he came to the water. The Ninth Kingdom says of him that the nine muses uh, that from the nine muses, one separated away. She came to a high mountain and spent some time seated there so that she desired herself alone in order to become androgynous. She fulfilled her desire and became pregnant from her desire. She was born, or he was born. The angels who were over the desire nourished him, and he received glory there and power and thus came to the water. The 10th kingdom says of him that his God loved a cloud of desire. The 10th kingdom says of him that his God loved a cloud of desire. He beget him in his hand and cast him upon the cloud above him, some of the drop that he was born. He received glory and power there, and thus he came to the water. The 11th kingdom says that the father desired his own daughter. She herself became pregnant from her father. She cast a uh, blank tomb out in the desert, and the angel nourished him there, and thus he came to the water. Um, now, here's the, that's really creepy, by the way, and some of these texts are really creepy and, and gross if you take them literally, but if you look at that esoterically, think about that. The divine masculine father, the divine feminine bears the salvation in the Christ or in the, uh, the illuminator uh, that really is the thing that leads us back into glory. And if you think about it that way, that makes more sense than rather like looking at it as a literal, really creepy verse here. Um, so that's the way I prefer to look at it. Um, again, and that makes more sense with a Divine Feminine, Divine Masculine Trinity uh, where again in in the Hindu, you have like the Brahman is that masculine source energy. The Atman is the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the Atman is the uh, feminine receiving energy. Um, and so that could be you know father, daughter in this here. Um, and then ultimately out of that is born the self, the soul, the super soul, the Christ, the gnosis and the remembering. Uh, And I'm mixing all these mythologies and traditions and everything to get a bigger and better view, ultimately, because I think that they all have, you know, I was looking at my bookshelf last night, and I was just like, you know, God, where are you? Where are you in all of this? And ultimately, like, I was looking at every book, and I've got Hindu and Buddhist, um, I've got uh, Hebrew, and I've got Christian, and I've got, um, uh, gosh, I've got a Muslim text up there, I've got, um, what else do I have? all kinds of stuff. I've got C.S. Lewis and I've even got some business books and mindset books. Um, and ultimately I was literally like, I touched every book on the shelf and I'm like, you're in here, you're in here, you're in here, you're in here. And at the end of that, I'm like to go through all my books and I'm like, and ultimately you're in here. And so like, literally I see him in everything. I see that God had that, that energy in all things and ultimately the ability to receive it and bear that salvation. Like I believe that that's within all of us. And I think that that's what the whole story of Jesus was ultimately, whether he was a, a literal person or an esoteric revelation or whatever, or both. And, and I don't have an issue with either of that, but I don't think the story changes based on whether we view it literally or esoterically. Cause I think it's beautiful either way. It, ultimately, if we alchemize it within That to me is the power that leads us into a whole nother level of consciousness, a whole nother level of loving others, serving others, and ultimately ascending out of our flesh being here, burning karma and stepping into a a new season of life unencumbered from doctrine and dogma. And for me, that's been, um, you know, that's been really the uh, hardest part of deconstructing here is coming into agreement that. I don't know everything, and I don't even need to be right to be uh, loved, to be forgiven, to be uh, whatever, you know, saved. I don't even like that term because um, it makes it sound like we've, uh, we've done something to need saving, but if you think of that as we're being rescued out of the construct, rescued out of the matrix, then it makes a whole lot more sense, so um, let's see, I saw some good comments I think I missed um, some of these comments on, uh, yeah, the book of Enoch, Anthony, absolutely. And I've, I've been going through the, uh, book of Enoch quite a bit too. What's up D how are you doing? Um, and Anthony, sorry, links don't work in these comments. So you'll have to explain more what you're, you're trying to share. Uh, the very first Bible. Oh, okay, cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'll have to go check that out. Thank you very much. That would be interesting to look at. Um, let's see. The 10th kingdom says of him that God loved a cloud of desire. He begot him in his hand and cast him upon uh, the drop where he was born and he received glory and power there, and thus he became came to the water. The 11th kingdom says that the father desired his own daughter. We did that. Okay, so we're at the 12th. The 12th kingdom says of him, that he came from two illuminators. He was nourished there, he received glory and power, and thus he came to the water. Then we move into the 13th kingdom. And the 13th, this is the bonus kingdom here, and the 13th kingdom says of him that every birth of their ruler is a word. So that's interesting. We got that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The 13th kingdom says of him that every birth of their ruler is a word, and this word received a mandate there. He received glory and power, and thus he came to the water in order that the desire of those powers might be satisfied. Then it goes on and says, But the generation without a king over it says that God chose him from all the aeons. He caused a knowledge of the undefiled one of truth to come to be in him. He said, Out of a foreign air from a great aeon, the great illuminator came forth, and he made the generation of those men whom he had chosen for himself shine, so that they could shine upon the whole aeon. Then the seed of those who will receive his name upon the water, and that of them all, will fight against the power, and the cloud of darkness will come upon them. Then the peoples will cry out with a great voice, saying, Blessed is the soul of those men, because they have known God with a knowledge of the truth. They shall live forever, because they have not been corrupted by their desire, along with the angels, nor have they accomplished the works of the powers. Again, the powers are the powers and, and principalities, the constructs. Uh, but they have stood in the presence, in the knowledge of a God-like light that has come forth from the fire and blood. Guys, what does that sound like? I mean, that just makes so much more sense. Like, So I, I like this one because we have uh, a generation without a king over it. It says that God chose him from all the aeons and caused the knowledge of the undefiled one of truth to come to be in him. And he said, out of the foreign air and from a great aeon, the great illuminator came forth. And then you hear about this later on. Um, Knowledge of God like light has come forth. And I love that. And, and that's that's what I've been talking about this whole time. Even before we've read any of these texts, Like these are the things that I, I believe I've been um, gifted with being able to see. Um, I don't want to go too far as to say I'm super special or anything, but um, I think just the ability to say, "Hey, I don't know it all. I'm willing to trade back all of my understanding, all of my stuff, all of my whatever, and I want the truth." And ultimately, in the Gospel of Thomas, it says, "When you discover the truth, that you will be disturbed. Um, upon being disturbed, you will marvel, and upon marveling, you will reign over all." And so, you know, that disturbing process. Anybody that comes into our community and thinks this is comfortable, easy, all puppy dogs and rainbows, there's disturbing parts of this because it's very disturbing to dig through your own psyche and go through the shadow work um, and come out the other side and realize that you can actually say, I am God and not be in a blaspheming way. Um, because you realize you're a part of God, that you are in the Father and the Father is in you. And this entity, this light bearer, this God, the knowledge of God like light can actually illuminate your own self. Um, and, And I love this, came forth from two illuminators. Again, divine feminine, divine masculine. He was nourished there, received glory and power. Thus he came to the water. What is the water? The water birth, the birth canal to the flesh. The 13th kingdom uh, says that every, uh, the birth of their ruler is a word. Now, I think again, as you raise your consciousness and understanding here, you're in the 13th kingdom and you realize that your words are so creative and that like literally speaking something can cause the creation to happen like abracadabra. I speak as I create or I create as I speak. Um, And so I think that's an incredible place to be. But ultimately, we get past that 13th kingdom into a generation without a king over it. And that was the spot that I went into. And I'm not saying I'm some high ascended master here, but I do believe I've had little flashes of this where there is no king over me. There's nothing that reigns over me. And of that place the knowledge of the undefiled one of truth has been able to, to bear light within me out of foreign air of the great aeon the great illuminator has come forth and he made a generation of those whom he had chosen for himself shine so that they could shine upon the whole aeon guys this is literally describing light workers star seeds indigos anyone with a higher purpose a higher calling You know, and I think if we adopt that fully and go. I am a part of God. Absolutely. The mother and father reigns through us. Yes, yes, yes. And I think you can easily see here from one all the way through 13 into the 14th highest understanding. I kind of put these as, you know, one through the 14 here of being like levels of understanding. Not that any of these are wrong but they're just different understandings. And notice where the third understanding was the traditional Bible story, the virgin birth, that type of thing, him going into the desert. like That was kind of that that traditional religious story we have. And there's a whole lot more beyond that to dig into and to understand about this light within men, because we understand that even through some of the other Gospels that are really cryptic. Even within the biblical canon, you can see flashes of this where Jesus is a whole lot more than just this physical sacrifice or just God incarnate or whatever. Um, you know, and I say just, I mean, that's a pretty big deal, right? But ultimately, there's like, there's different understandings here. So, uh, CJ, I don't see a question, CJ, I'm sorry. Um, said, you're not answering my question. I have no idea what your question was. All I have is like thousands of so-and-so joined here, which is weird. I don't know why I have that many repeat joiners. Um, Let's see, CJ, what was your question? CJ, if you would drop your question again. I honestly don't see it. I don't know if it just didn't pop up or what, but drop your question again. I'll be happy to answer it. So um, so anyway, this is uh, that's kind of how I'm spinning this. That's how I see it. That's how I'm intaking it into my understanding as we continue through this text. Uh, this afternoon, we'll continue in this text um, and really finish this out. Um, I'll kind of recap what I've talked about here, but I really want to get um, into the rest of this because... Um, we're going to see the voice that came to them. We're going to see more about the aeons and the beings, angelic beings in the revelation of Adam kind of tying this up of what this has been all about. So, um, pretty interesting, pretty interesting. And we're going to see about the holy seeds, um, and who I think they are, so. What's up, Truth That Travels? How are you doing? Um, Tyler June says, happy Wednesday, Melissa. Absolutely. Uh, CJ says, just did. Uh, CJ, I do not see a comment at all. I see just did, and I see you're not answering my question. So um, if you're seeing it, I don't know why I'm not. It might be a TikTok thing. I literally have no questions popping up on here. So keep dropping it and see if it'll pop up or reword it because maybe the system's blocking it if there's something it doesn't like that. You know, there's all kinds of stuff like that going on guys. So, uh, yeah. Tyler says there's no comment listed. So, okay. Thank you, Tyler. I appreciate that. It's not just my end. So, uh, George says, what is an Aeon? So an Aeon is, uh, what we would consider an Eon. It can be a period of time. It can also be a realm, um, almost like another dimension outside of time and space. And so a lot of these Gnostic texts deal with aeons. Um, in kind of a fluid sense of it can be time, space, outside of time and space, an actual different realm. There's a p- bunch of different like opinions on what it is. Uh, for me, I try to look at it as kind of like another dimension. For me, just so you guys know, my metaphysical understanding, dimensions are layers of paper, and we can actually travel in different dimensions. Now, not in our body, but with our consciousness And, you know, you hear about within the Bible of like a glorified body. And to me, that's a body that can live in a higher density, a different dimension. Um, And we're in a lower density here in the three-dimensional. We're vibrating a whole lot slower than someone in 6D or 8D or whatever. Um, And ultimately, I see these almost as like the dimensions. Um, As you kind of go up, you know, you had the 12 core tribes, the 12 core dimensions um and then there's a 13th and a 14th which is really like true oneness and unity and as the bhagavad gita talks about it's the supreme abode a place outside of time and space where it is actually um it appears dark because you're illuminating the light outward and actually a part of that supreme being as emanating creation from you um as you enjoy that so um anyway so Yeah. CJ, I'm sorry. Yeah. You're, you literally, nobody in here can see your comments. You may want to go check your account status and make sure there's no, no weird flags on your account. So I'm sorry. I would love to answer your question. Jump on over to YouTube, drop it over on the YouTube version of this. Um, I'd love to answer your question over there. So, um, please feel free to share that with the the class. We'd love to hear it. So, um, so anyway, um, I want to share some final thoughts about what i think this really gets into from the metaphysical side before i do thank you guys for all you do to support what i'm doing here i am full-time with this Um, i do my best to limit commercials on this ultimately that's one of the few ways these platforms are giving us anymore beyond tips and stuff like that which they're starting to take more and more of the tips that we get Um, and then we have to pay taxes on top of everything. So, um, it's kind of, uh, not a great landscape right now for content creators. So if you love what I'm doing and you want to support what I'm doing, please consider joining the mythos patron community. We have a, uh, a communal group in there. Um, right on Facebook. We also have, uh, live calls every Saturday where we get to go through the concepts we're talking about here. I give a short lesson and we literally get to ask questions back and forth, talk with each other. So you guys that have questions you want answered, that's a great place. Um, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I can certainly encourage you in your walk, help you dig deeper. um, And ultimately that's what the community is there for. And we have a constant chat room going on all the time in there. Um, We have projects every week where we just get to do thought experiments Um, nothing that takes up a ton of your time guys, but this is just a great way to dig deeper into the community. You get a ton of extra value by just stepping up and saying, Hey, I want to support what Cubs doing for nine bucks a month. It's very similar to like a Patreon type thing, but it's just built on my own system. So it's called the mythos patron support community. Um, and it's right there on my website, com and you can go find it over there. That'll forward you over to my stand store. Super easy to use, you can't miss it. Uh, Just a couple of clicks and you're in and I'll welcome you in the Mythos community today and I'll see you on the call on Saturday. So um, don't miss out. You guys that love what I'm doing, please be a part of that community. Uh, You won't regret it, I do not believe it. Uh, We've had a really high retention rate in that community so I'm very happy with that. and honestly, the, the, the comments we get from people in that community about how valuable it is to their everyday life is such a blessing to me and everyone in the community. So Truth of Travel says, join the community if you're looking for an awesome group of people who love this. Yes, absolutely, Melissa. Thank you, my friend. Um, and thank you, Tyler. We've got a bunch of uh, Mythos members in today. Uh, we message and love on each other. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, You also get a lot of behind-the-scenes content that you don't get on the public platforms here. So ultimately, it's still a public forum, but um, it is more of a a tighter group over there, more of an intimate experience. So thank you guys for that support. Link and profile everywhere or descriptions, depending on what platform you're on. Um, So my kind of final thoughts on this. Again, thank you for the hearts, Melissa. Appreciate you. Uh, My final thoughts on this are really like coming from a place of the metaphysical. Um, A lot of people try to get into bloodlines and cultures and all of that stuff. And guys, I literally don't care. I think you can go from one to 14 on this in a year or two, um, which I know I have. And I'm not saying I stay at this higher understanding all the time. But I do think that like we are, this is all esoteric. This is all an understanding to see where the power was split, it was split into these 12 different understandings. It's not a cohesive one anymore. We have the illusion of it not being one. Yet, when you get to that 14th higher understanding, you're like, you realize it is all one and you can see the truth in all of those understandings. Um, that is how I approach it. That's how I live my life. It works really well for me. It is not comfortable or easy all the time but it is a place of stepping into true co-creatorship with that divine energy, whatever you wanna call it, the universe, God, the supreme being, whatever. As we look into this, the term God is such a fluid term because most of the time the word God is used, even if it's capitalized, it's talking about an egotistical entity or a manifest God from the flesh that we needed for some blessing in a time or place. Now, if you read into the Bhagavad Gita and you understand, there's like different manifestations of that Brahman, the the God source, um, and that he has no issue manifesting himself um, as as kind of a normal entity, or multi arms, or this psychedelic vision of like billions of tongues and eyes and flashes of fire. Like he is anything. Like he's so fluid, he can be anything we need him to be. But ultimately, we have a lot of these stories where we have manifest, using that God energy, we've manifest these other negative alien entities, as I've talked about, for ourselves. And or, they came down and terraformed a planet and told us that we were their gods, and they're supposed to be of a higher order and higher understanding, but they succumb to free will. Uh, We've been told that angels don't have free will, yet we see time and time again in these texts that somehow they do or somehow the sons of God or the Elohim or whatever, ultimately those terms have all been packaged, repackaged, wrapped together, and it's really hard to understand what is what because we don't have cohesive terminology for it, and we've just kind of adopted these ideas. One person's God could be another person's angel or another person's demon. We don't even, we don't even understand the context for all of that because we're so far removed from it. So the only way to return true Gnosis, in my opinion is to pull all of this apart, look at it as a deconstructed whole, and go within to find truth. And ultimately, guys, that's where the only place I've found peace and um, a place where I can just sit and repose without judgment of other things. Um, thank you, Daniel. What's up, my brother? Y'all go check out Daniel Tyack. Um good friend of mine. He's doing some incredible work. He's doing the Lord's work out there, riding a skateboard, crushing doctrine and dogma. Go check out his channel. Everybody that follows me, go follow him, please. Um, and we're going to collaborate one of these days soon. I'm I'm finally got my studio moved around and next week I'm starting back in collaborations. So I'm looking forward to doing that. So maybe we can, uh, Maybe we can jump on a live together soon, my friend. And I'm going to have Bob Peck back on again very soon as well. Go check out his book, Original Sin is a Lie. It ties into a lot of what I'm talking about. Uh, We're all in the same vibration here, uh, more or less. So uh, Daniel says, Listen to this man. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate that, brother. Keep on the amazing work. Let's do a live real soon. Yes, seriously. Um, Even next week, if you got time, man, let's do it. Um, Love to share you with my audience here. So. Uh, Anyway, thank you guys for being on. I love you all sincerely and deeply from my heart. Thank you. I'm loving the new studio setup and just the intimate vibe time here. Um, I'm going to be doing some... I've got a little soundboard coming, and we'll be doing some background music and stuff soon to just really get into it. Daniel says, I'm in. What's up, man? Awesome. Let's do it. Um, You guys are going to love Daniel, by the way. Um, He does some things called emotional alchemy sessions. Go check that out if you guys are looking for more of that personal touch. He does some incredible work. Uh, Literally, he's one of the the most rad spiritual practitioners I've ever met in my life. You guys know I don't get into like the one-on-one stuff. Maybe one of these days I will. I don't know. I've had a lot of people ask me for it, but I'm more of a communal setting type person when it comes to this stuff. That's where I feel called to. And so, like, all my programs and stuff are built on more of a communal setting where I help you find your own path. Um, but anyway, go check out his stuff, um, especially for that um, that type of thing. It's, it's very, very powerful. Um, anyway, we're going to, this afternoon, get into, uh, we're going to look at these holy seeds. We're going to look at... Um, we we'll recap all of the different um, 12 levels of forbidden knowledge here, or as we're calling them in this text, kingdoms. And it's uh, it's very illuminating ultimately. And again, I see these as like one through twelve are what we would see as like the twelve tribes, 12 nations, 12 ki- 12 kingdoms. Outside of that, we see a 13th and then even an unnamed 14th, which is this highest understanding. Of really, real uh, the generation without a king, where there is no God over you, as as this uh, um, Adam is talking about. There's no God, you know. We are greater than the God that created us. Type understanding, and you sit in this place of true co-creation, knowing you are the Source Energy, knowing you are the Brahman, you are a God, um, you are the child of that. At the very least, you are divinely gifted in all ways. And that is, that's a hard place. And I say that because I've been raised in a place to be like belittled my whole life um, and understand that, you know, hey, this is the place I'm coming from that um, I have to be humble and thankful and I have to uh, feel like a worm in a bucket and, you know, don't be too proud. Don't blah, blah, blah. You know, and all of that just creates trauma patterns in our life that ultimately leads us in a cycle of self-destruction dualistic thinking, addictions, crappy relationships, when you can step outside of that and realize I'm creating everything I'm experiencing, the whole universe emanates from within me. That ultimately is a truth because that's what all of this stuff is saying. As you ascend that ladder, Jacob's ladder, he wrestled with the God of the flesh. Once he won, he beat that angel. He stepped up that ladder. He watched angels going up and down it. He called it pineal, Again, all of this stuff is is esoteric. It's all connected. We just have to have a heart and a mind to see it. Open up, guys. Open up. Everything you want is on the other side of your heart chakra. Open that up. Love each other. Um, let's see. Melanie says 12 levels of blank, or of what? Uh, so the 12 levels were here. Please go back and watch this, by the way. It's going to be on Facebook, YouTube, Apple, Spotify. You can go get the high-quality audio version on Apple, Spotify, Um If you really want to understand more of this, I went through all the 12 kingdoms here. Now we're spinning them into the esoteric understanding. Dude, thank you guys for the owl and the mushrooms. And that is the cutest little gift. Thank you, whoever gave me that. Um, That is awesome. God bless you guys. Uh, The gifts help a lot too. The stars, the badges, the super thanks, everything you guys can give through these platforms. Wherever you're comfortable, those tips help me immensely. So thank you guys. Um, But these 12 levels of what I'm calling forbidden knowledge here is like 1 through 12 is, you know, the third level is believing that the Illuminator was given to a virgin in birth, born in the desert, escaped to the desert, and uh, essentially was a sacrifice, literally the same biblical story we have of Jesus. Um, And then as you kind of go up the ladder from there, you get to 12, and then ultimately 13 and 14, which is not even named as 14. But it's talking about a generation without a king over it and it says that god chose him this illuminator this christ energy from all the aeons or realms and caused the knowledge of the undefiled one truth to come to be in him he set out of foreign air and out of that great aeon the great illuminator came forth he made a generation of those who had chosen himself shine he had chosen for himself to shine that they could shine upon the whole of the Aeon. So think about that. This is happening within you. This is happening when you decide to elevate your consciousness, when you decide to come into agreement that we are one, that truth is one, that God is one, um, and that you realize that you have no king over you. Think about that, guys. Think about that. This hard, by the way. If you're still deconstructing, that is that statement right there probably made you sick in your stomach, um, and it's something I'm still working through, guys. But when you realize there is no king over you, that you are chosen because you come into agreement with that Christ energy, with that true, original, unadulterated knowledge that has not been filtered through time and tradition but is purely from the source, channeled directly from the source of God. Through you, you realize you are God. Your higher self is that thing that speaks to God. It is that Christ energy. It is that good within you. That Holy Spirit is the visceral experience of God welling up within you, that energy. The Hindu calls it the prana. Um, It's an amazing thing. Our biological computers are actually able to compute all of this, our bodies, and ultimately, we have to step outside of that and outside the identity that we have in this and take the identity in what is actually the truth within us. And that, that's a whole nother episode. So, Risen says, is our world about to end? The world's always ending, by the way. The world's been ending thousands of years ago. It was ending in the 40s. It was ending in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. I grew up in the 90s, and I guarantee you the world was ending. The world ended in 2012 world's always ending. The karmic cycles, the Shiva energy is always burning through cycles and timelines. There's always an ending to this world. There's an ending to this world today. There's an ending to this timeline, to this feeling of scarcity and watching all the BS go on, all the belief systems. There's always an ending and it can happen within you and the Christ can raise within you any day you choose. He says, the kingdom does not come on a cloud. It does not come with visible signs. It is not in the air. It is not in the ocean. The kingdom of God is within you. I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you guys for the love and support. God bless you. Be sure and share this with friends and family, by the way. Let's grow this. Start sharing my videos. Push them out there. Say, hey, mom. Hey, dad, hey Brother, sister, aunt, friend. Check this dude out. Like, let's talk about this. Let's start a study around what he's going through. Let's join into this mythos community together. Let's get into these studies each week. If you don't go to church, the mythos community is a great place because we're not trying to recreate a church, but we do meet every Saturday for an hour. We do go through a study. We do actually get to talk back with each other. It's not some pastor sitting in a pulpit dictating at you, but rather a communal setting where we're going through it together. And if that's what you're looking for, guys, this is the place for you. I love you. Have a beautiful beautiful day. God bless you all. I'll see you this afternoon, 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, live twice a day, all going out to the podcast for your listening convenience. Faith, spirituality, and paranormal. I am an illuminator, an enlightener, and ultimately an entertainer. My name is Cub. I love you. I'm your friend. Thanks for being here. Peace.